3. And it says, remember those who are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. We are bound with them, and together we make up God's family around the world. Next, I want to share with you TWA. Um, The body of Christ still suffers today. We are to remember them who are persecuted. And as we serve them, they serve us even more. I'm sure that all of you have heard of Asiya Bibi in Pakistan. She's been in prison in solitary confinement since June of 2009, over two years now. And uh, I want to read a little bit of the story about how she ended up in prison. Before she was arrested, uh, she worked picking berries for a farmer in Pakistan. Um, One day, when she brought water to her Muslim co-workers, other women that she worked with, uh, they refused to drink it because they said it had been tainted because she's a Christian. The Muslims taunted Asiya because of her Christian faith, saying that her prophet was born without a father. And Asiya responded, Our Christ sacrificed his life on a cross for our sins. What has your prophet done for you? Our Christ is alive. Your prophet is dead. And because she said those words, she was arrested. Her co-workers reported her blasphemous words. She was arrested and taken to jail. Her guards told her that if she would convert to Islam, they would let her go, but she refused telling them, you can kill me, but I will not leave my Jesus. 17 months after she was arrested, she was convicted and sentenced to death. Asiya's conviction, of course, has brought about international attention. But the Muslims in Pakistan are determined. As a matter of fact, one of the religious leaders has offered $6,000 reward for anyone who kills her if she is released. So we need to be praying for Asiya Bibi. She's only seen her children twice since she's been arrested. And she's in solitary confinement. And yet she stays strong in the Lord. She loves the Lord so much. So we need to keep her in prayer as much as we can. Okay, the next slide I want to talk about. Next slide. Uh, Russell Stendell. One more slide. There you go. And uh, I met Russell here in Michigan not too long ago. And he spoke about uh, 
the situation in Colombia, how there are over 400 widows and 1,000 orphans of martyred leaders, church leaders, in the area that he ministers to. And uh, he also was detained for quite a while. And he told his story about how he was detained. But I have a, a wonderful story of forgiveness that I want to share with you. It happened just a few years ago. Um, and it's about a girl named Betty. And she had a brother and a uh, father and a mother. Her father was a pastor. Orge is his name. Uh, the paramilitary came to his house and they told him, you have so much influence on these people that we want you to stop preaching. And of course, Orge said, I can't. Jesus is in my heart. Jesus is real. I cannot stop preaching about Jesus. So they took him out into the street and they executed him in front of his family, in front of Betty and her brother and her mother. Betty was nine years old when this happened. And she struggled for years with with bitterness and hatred because... You know, just think about it. And it's hard enough in America to lose the breadwinner of the house. But in a third world country, it's even harder. And so they were left to fend for themselves for years and years and years. And uh, she finally came to the point where she could forgive these people who killed her father. And she wrote a letter, and I want to read this letter to you because it's such a beautiful story of forgiveness. She wrote, Dear Mancuso. Now, Mancuso was the man that was behind execution. He was the leader of these people. She wrote, Your men killed my father when I was only nine. He was a good man, and you caused me and my family a lot of pain. Even though you are a bad man, you have a soul. And God loves you just like he loves me and my father. And I would like to get to know you. I would like to forgive you and personally embrace you. So this Christmas, my gift to you is my forgiveness and the forgiveness of our Father. Signed, Betty. Now, what a story of forgiveness. And that's what we're called to be. We're called to be forgivers, just as Jesus forgave us for for the sins that we have committed in our lives. Next, I want to share a little bit about China, what's going on in China. Uh, So the next slide talks about Bob Fu, who is a missionary and a spokesperson for the China Aid Association. He's a very powerful speaker, and he also has spent time in prison 
As a matter of fact, when he shared, he said that in China, missionary school is prison. That's how you learn to be a missionary in China. You go to prison, and you learn about God in prison. And uh, he had an article about one of the many churches in China that are persecuted. And I want to read some of the article to you. It says, since the second week of April of this year, a Beijing house church has been the focus of worldwide media attention, simply for wanting to hold normal Sunday worship service for all of its 1,000 members. But Xiaowang Church has been repeatedly evicted from least meeting places due to official harassment and has resorted to holding its services outdoors in the streets. Xiaowang's decision to worship outdoors pushed to the fore a brewing issue. Can China's communist authorities continue to tolerate increasingly vibrant and active urban house churches? Growing at previously unimaginable speed that balk at becoming part of the government approved three self-patriotic movement. And the answer is clearly no. Beijing authorities lost no time in clamping down. The entire church leadership has been under house arrest since April the 9th. As many as half the church members have also been barred or arrested. And they are prevented from going to attend the outside Sunday worship. Those who are able to get to the designated outdoor worship site are immediately bundled off into police detention. Some Shawang members have been evicted from their homes. Many of them have lost their jobs because of government pressure. As spring gave way to summer, the church state class seemed to have stalemated. Given that Shawang has stated publicly and in writing its intention of being a city on a hill. The church is unlikely to back down willingly or easily. Indeed, it, in its far-sighted planning, the church leadership had prepared Sunday service worship sheets for members to follow in their own homes until the end of this year. And that's just one example of the persecution that's going on in China today. You know, we, we have such a hard time at imagining those kinds of persecution in this country because we are blessed to live in this free country where we are free to worship as we please or even ignore God as we please. We are free to do whatever we wish. Next, I want to talk about Eric Foley. He's a missionary to North Korea, and he had quite a story to tell also. Um, one of the things that he told us was that we need to stop going into China and then from China trying to smuggle Bibles and supplies into North Korea because the government there in North Korea has gotten wise to us and they've set up these fake house churches along the border. They're fake churches. And they don't harm the missionaries that go there because they, they want the missionaries to keep coming because they're taking the money, they're taking the Bibles, they take the Bibles, they take the pages out of the Bible, he said, and they roll up cigarettes with them. 
Um, and whatever supplies these missionaries bring, they take them. And they use the money to hunt down Christians in their country. Today, there are an estimated 50 to 70,000 Christians in labor camps in North Korea. If you go to a labor camp in North Korea, you're basically going to work yourself. They're going to work you to death. You will not survive it. That's the condition in North Korea. And yet, North Korea, the Christians are vibrant. They're so full of faith and strength and courage. And as we serve them, they serve us even more. And there's ways that we can help. In the next slide, it says that we pray that the Lord will give them strength to withstand the persecution that they're going through. We can send letters of encouragement, send letters to the governments of restricted nations, prepare and send action packs full of necessary supplies, as well as Bibles. It's interesting that you mentioned you have a missionary uh, in Cuba. Antonio, I think it was. I, uh, I was in Cuba last, uh, last fall I was in Cuba, as a matter of fact. And it, it's, it was so encouraging to me to see the underground church in Cuba and how vibrantly they're growing. And, and the government seems uh, unable to stop it. It really is amazing. And uh, I want to tell you a little bitty story about our contacts that we met up with. It was Randy and his wife, Jenny. They have a little boy. And they are leaders over uh, just over 100 home churches. Now, they have churches in their backyards or in their garages. Uh, it's illegal to have a regular church in Cuba. And Jenny, she gave us her testimony. She was raised in a well-to-do communist family, well-to-do by Cuban standards, because Cubans are quite poor, actually, and uh, in Havana. And she was, she's very gifted in singing and playing the piano, so gifted, as a matter of fact, that she played personally for Castro for a number of years and sang for Castro. But she said that one day she was walking home, and she heard some beautiful singing, and she was drawn to it, and she ended up in these people's backyard, and they were Christians worshiping our Lord. And as a result, she came to know Christ, and she was saved. But she said that because she was saved, her family excommunicated her. She is no longer allowed to play for Castro. She gave up so much just to be a Christian. But when we were in her home, she had her prized possession. She still had her piano. It was a little bit off tune, but she still had her piano, and she loved to sing songs. And in Havana, the houses are so packed together. In her backyard, they had a couple pigs and uh, some chickens and some rabbits. Her backyard is smaller than my living room. And she has all these animals in there, and the stench is pretty powerful, but they have food. I was so blessed by this family. And we went down to a really poor neighborhood in Havana to visit a, a home church there. 
The pastor's name was Samuel, a, a wonderful black man and his wife, and they had two little daughters. Just wonderful, wonderful people. And I just looked at the conditions that these people lived in, and it broke my heart. But, you know, as I watched the people coming into the congregation, and this, he had a rather large, large uh, home church, probably 70 or 80 members. And uh, mostly Hispanic, but there were black people there and white people there. But as I w- watched them coming in of all colors, of all ages, and the love that they had for one another, it just broke my heart. I mean, I was so blessed by it all. And uh, we started worshiping our Lord and singing, I don't know what the song was, it was a Latin worship song, but it was just a beautiful song, just gorgeous song. And uh, as we were worshiping, I looked up, and there were these little children, little bitty children, and they had their faces to the ground, worshiping our Lord. And it was so beautiful. that I just started crying like a baby. Because these people are so willing to give up so much to, just to worship our Lord. Something that we take for granted every day. It was a blessing to be there. It's always a blessing. You know, years ago I read Tortured for Christ, written by Richard Wormbrand. And one of the things that he said in there, when, after he spent 14 years in prison in Romania under communist rule, Russian communist rule, he was finally released, and he came to the West. And one statement that he made just pierced my heart. He said, once you have known the unimaginable beauty of the underground church, you can no longer be satisfied with many of the Western churches today because they are dead. And when I read those words, I thought, what is this beauty that he's talking about? And that started my quest to go out into the world and and see this beauty that he's talking about. And it really is a beauty that it can't be explained. You You have to be there to see it. These wonderful Christians, wonderful, wonderful Christians. One pastor, uh, his name was George. They, he had built a pavilion in his backyard, and the authorities had come over. They tore it down, and they told him, no more Sunday worship. Now, this was on a uh, Friday, and we were getting ready to fly back to the United States. Well, we actually, we flew into Cancun, and then from Cancun, we flew back to the United States. But uh, I asked him, I asked Pastor George, I said, what are you going to do? And he said, we're going to have church. And he quoted Acts chapter five twenty-eight when Peter said, we must obey God rather than men. And he said, and that's what I'm going to preach on. And you know, I don't know what happened to George But I do know one thing, the Lord is with him. Whatever happened to him, the Lord is with him. Richard Wormbrand wrote these words. He said, when I was beaten on the bottoms, excuse me, on the bottoms of my feet, my tongue cried out. And why did my tongue cry out? 
It was not beaten. It cried out because the tongue and the feet are part of the same body. And you free Christians are part of the same body of Christians who are now beaten in restricted nations. Will you hear our message? Will you remember us? Don't abandon us. Jesus said in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, for I have chosen you out of this world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words that I have spoken to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, naturally, they will persecute you. So I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, expect to be persecuted. If you desire to live a life in Christ Jesus, expect to be persecuted. And rejoice in that persecution with our brothers and sisters. There are over 200 million Christians in the world who live in nations that are either hostile or restrictive towards Christianity. Over 200 million. We must not forget them. I thank you for your time. God bless you. Thank you, Mike. It's good to get even unpleasant reports of what fellow Christians are doing throughout the world, and we need to remember to pray for them. Let's pray for them now. Our Father in heaven, in the midst of these uncertain and tumultuous times, we ask that you would protect your children, those who follow, Jesus Christ, many at great personal cost. Lord, we ask that you would help them to respond to their situations with wisdom and grace, showing love to their persecutors so that the name of Jesus will be lifted up and honored. And so that perhaps even some of the persecutors may become believers. Lord, you promised that it would be costly to follow you. For those who must suffer persecution because of their faith in Jesus Christ, we ask that you give them courage never to deny the name of Christ. Hold them close and help them to know and experience your love, your strength, and your companionship. Help them to endure shame and pain for the gospel. Heal their injuries, both physical and emotional. Help their families to grow in their trust of you, no matter what persecution they may be facing. By the work of your Holy Spirit, may they be free from fear of losing their earthly lives and thus be willing 
to even risk martyrdom, if necessary, to remain faithful to Jesus Christ and to the gospel. Almighty and loving Father, today we are remembering that we and our persecuted brothers and sisters are all part of the same worldwide fellowship of believers in your church. Help us to remember fellow Christians who are suffering various kinds of persecution all over the world by thinking about them and praying for them. Help us to do this often and not just on this one Sunday each year when we join thousands of other Christians to pray. Also enable us to share a love offering today that will encourage the persecuted church and help meet some of their needs. Dear Lord Jesus, you reached out to touch and heal people with all kinds of infirmities during your time on earth, but most of all, those in the bondage of unbelief and their sin. But by your spirit, you also protected, strengthened, and gave courage to your servants after you ascended. Servants like Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter and Barnabas and others So even today, we ask that you will touch believers everywhere who are facing persecution and threats and abuse and even martyrdom, that they might remain faithful to you and to the truth of the gospel. So we lift up suffering believers in North Korea, Lord, for your blessing. Help them to know they are not alone, that thousands of fellow believers are praying for them today. May they be encouraged. We pray for those under persecution in China, especially those who are in the illegal house churches. We ask your help for believers in all Muslim countries where there is no religious freedom and where believers are often given the choice to convert to Islam or be killed. Keep them faithful to you, Lord, loving and praying for their persecutors the same way that Stephen did as he was being stoned to death by men who thought that they were carrying out your will, but who were deceived and misled by the evil one. We pray for Pastor Chan Thling in Myanmar, for his tribal group, most of whom are Christians, that they might be able to spread the good news of Jesus Christ among Buddhist people there and who often do not understand and who angrily reject the Christian message and also try to intimidate and attack Christians and churches. We pray for the Kogi Indians of Colombia, South America, who have embraced the Christian faith and who face daily persecution and denial of their rights by the fellow Kogis who see the growth of the church as a terrible threat to their pagan traditional religion and culture, which it is. Help these dear believers to persevere, to love unbelievers, and to remain faithful when rejected and persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. We ask, Lord, that you would be with believers in Nigeria who have had their homes and churches burned by some of their Muslim neighbors. Help them to forgive their persecutors and not to retaliate with violence. Lord God, you have established governments on earth to protect and ensure that citizens may enjoy basic freedoms, including the right to believe the way they wish to believe without interference. Lord, we ask that you will bring changes to oppressive governments that do not fulfill your purpose for them and instead have done just the opposite of what you have decreed. Dear Father, be a father to the fatherless children, to orphans who have lost parents, 
who are martyrs. Be with and encourage and provide for widows of pastors and other believers who have been killed for holding on to and proclaiming their faith in Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, for in China, Christian students of Michael Knapp, his English language classes in Beijing, some of whom are members of illegal house churches. We pray that you'll give them wisdom and guidance as they share their faith with other fellow students undercover and at great risk. In North Korea, Lord, we pray that the government will fulfill your purposes for the kingdom. And we pray especially, Lord, that you will be with the thousands of believers in labor camps. In Cuba and Russia, Venezuela, and other communist countries that have enforced atheism for two or more generations, yet have high alcoholism rates, broken marriages, and many other problems. We pray that the lost will find hope from Christians who often have to live out their faith secretly in those lands. Lord, help us here at Lockwood, in our community, in Branch County, to be bold in our witness to those who do not yet know you. May we be aware of and be thankful for the freedoms that we have. Let us not neglect the great opportunities we have here that others who are persecuted do not have. Help us not to be lax or lukewarm in our faith and our life. Build a passion within us to risk whatever may be necessary to live out our faith in our own secular and unbelieving society right here at home. We ask all this, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, who suffered that we and all who trust in him might be forgiven and have eternal life. May we be faithful witnesses to your truth and to him who is the way, the truth, and the life until you take us home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.